Welcome back to the Mile High Flight Show. For the second part of today's episode, let's talk about UFC 274. And just so much to talk about with this, Enrique. Ton of just absolutely stacked card. I mean, we were talking about 273 as a stacked card. This is like just different. Like this is a whole different level of stacked. Uh, I mean, just how are you feeling about this card? Uh, I to say I'm ex- I, I just like you said. If we thought 273 was stacked, 274 makes 273 look like a bad card almost like and i hate to say it because it was such a good card and obviously you know i'm very blessed to be able to watch this 274 card with you and we watched 273 together um but this is like a different kind of stacked right like from from the beginning to the end um it's just going to be great fights all throughout um yeah and i'm just i'm so excited to get in it not only to watch it with you but to talk to you talk to you about it of course right back at you so let's jump right into it, and we'll start off with the headliner here, uh, lightweight championship bout between Justin Gaethje and my guy right there, 23-3 and three versus Charles Oliveira, sorry, 32-8, and eight. and my God, just these two fighters, absolutely absurd. I mean, Justin Gaethje coming off a pair of wins against Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler, who fight later in this card. Uh, after losing his interim belt to Khabib, which was a heck of a fight. And we watched that one together as well. Um, and now he's looking to win his first full title. And then Charles Oliveira stepping in to defend his belt. And he's developed himself a lot over his career, um, especially in striking and defense. He's always been really good at submissions. He holds the UFC record for submission wins. Um, and he's really become more of a, a full-rounded fighter, uh, gotten his championship and I couldn't be more excited for this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you look at, when you look at this fight, the fact that it has Justin Gaethje's name in it, it automatically is attached to excitement. There's not, there's not one fight that Justin Gaethje has ever been in, uh, that hasn't been exciting. Um, and I think that this one is going to be just, uh, another one at, to add to the list. And the reason I think it's going to be such a good fight is because, I think not only is Justin Gaethje going to put on this like head hunting uh, pressure when it comes to Charles Oliveira, but and not that Charles Oliveira uh, can't strike either, because like you said, um, he really has like switched up his game. He was more of a submission jujitsu fighter when he was first getting to the UFC, and then you know he went on the, his uh, title run to capture the belt. And um, in the fight that he actually captured about when he fought M- Michael Chandler, um, you know, he showed right then and there. Michael Chandler had him knocked down in the first round. Uh, Oliveira was taking huge, huge hits, um, you know, stayed in the fight and ended up winning uh, in the second round to capture the belt. So ultimately, like, it goes to show that not only can Oliveira, um, you know, take the punishment, but he could also uh, put it out a little bit as well because he ended up knocking uh, knocking down Michael Chandler in that fight. You know, so ultimately, I think it's just going to be it's just going to be a, a, an amazing an amazing card. Um, but this this to cap the night off with the lightweight uh, fight between the lightweight championship fight between Gaethje and Oliver is just crazy to me. And I mean, you know how much I love Justin Gaethje. You know, so the fact that I get to watch him fight again is I'm just excited for that period. Just just excited for that period. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you right there. 
Um, and it, it's always very cool to get to uh, see these guys, you know, really put it on the line. And that's something that you've shown me about this sport, especially is the, the aspect of it, of like just the one guy and it, the passion going into it, you know, and the uh, whole danger of it and putting your life on the line um, just to get this win against this other guy, you know, and like, it's so crazy, like, cause it's, it's meaningful to see these guys legitimately or legitimately like put it on the line for something. Um, and you know, the, uh, emotion that goes into it too. So you get attached to these fighters almost. Um, but yeah, super excited for this to cap off the night. But like you said, there's just so many fights before that, that are going to be absolute bangers as well. Uh, moving back one here, we have the women's strawweight championship bout between Rose Namayunas. Nama is that right? Namayunas? Yeah. Yeah. Namayunas. Okay. 11 and four uh, versus Carla Esparza, who is 18 and six. And uh, these girls have fought each other actually in 2014 for, I'm sorry, women have fought each other in 2014 for the strawweight title, um, where Esparza submitted Nami Yunus in the third round to take the title. Um, and they're going to face off once again, Nami Yunus. I mean, it's been years now and she's gotten just a completely different fighter, um, from that point in her career. Um, and she's now a champion herself defending the belt from the woman who she fought uh, and lost to, to take the belt initially. Um, and fun fact, that was actually the uh, inaugural uh, women's strawweight title of the USC. So the very first one, which I didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. I actually didn't know that either. Um, and yeah. So, you know, obviously whenever, whenever we get to watch Justin Gaethje fight, Usually we get to watch one of his teammates um, fight as well. And this time it's going to be Thug Rose. Um, and I, I Rose Namanunez is one of my favorite fighters. One, you know, yeah. uh, she fights locally right over here at the 303 Training Center in Westminster. Yeah. Um, you know, she lives in Westminster. She's just right down the block from us. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, she is a completely different fighter. That's the one thing like you alluded to when we were talking about the Chandler or the Chandler fight. Um, we will talk about the Chandler fight. But when we were talking about the Geishi fight, um, the the heart and desire that um, every athlete competes with in the UFC is just a bit different because it's not a team sport. And that like where in football or in basketball, you might get two teams that played each other at the beginning of the year and it might be a different outcome at the end of the year. Sometimes it's not, though. When two fighters haven't fought for years, that's a completely different person almost. it's It really, yeah. really is. Um, you know, there's almost no way to even compare the two the two uh, Rose Namajunas that Carla Esparza has fought. And the same thing for Rose. Rose also has to fight a different Carla Esparza because she's gotten older. Her body does different things. You know, she's, she's not as young as she was. And so, you know, she's not able to have the same sort of reaction time or maybe she's focusing more so on um you know jujitsu now instead of wrestling just whatever it is but rose in the last couple of years not only has she she's gotten the belt she got the belt from joanna yochenchek lost the belt and then got the belt back so she's overcome um more so than i can ever imagine in that amount of time she's been involved 
I mean, she was at uh, she was at the same event when Connor threw the dolly. She was on the bus when Connor threw the dolly. Um, oh wow! You know, so yeah, like she's she's just been she's been through so much, um, you know, and obviously she's still training with Trevor Women, still training with her um, with her husband, um, and so you know, Rose is just light years away from the fighter she was before, and she really she really tells herself that she's the best in the world. I think she's going to go out and um, prove that she's the best in the world. And if I'm being honest with you, I think she's going to do it in very dominant fashion. Not to, not to, you know, not to throw any shade towards Carla Esparza or anything like that. She's very deserving of this number one contender uh, status that she has. I just think that after Yoani Yochengchuk, uh, Weili Zhang, um, and Thug Rose, there's just a big drop off in the division. And I think that Carla Esparza is unfortunately part of that drop off. And I think that we'll see, um, we'll kind of see that be displayed and we'll see how, and I, I think even more so the motivation for Thug Rose is going to be very different as well, because yeah, you already beat me once. And like, you know, you're the first, just like you just said, you're the first UFC women's, you know, champion. Like that could have been Thug Rose's narrative. Carla took that from her. And so I think, I think Thug Rose is going to do everything in her power to even up the score and, excuse me, even up the score and, um, you know, really put like a cap on it to where no one wants a third fight between the two because um, Thug Rose ended it so, so dominantly. And I, and that's what I'm really expecting. I'm really expecting because Thug Rose and granted, she's been fighting former champions and just absolute, absolute just warrior of women. Um, in Weili Zhang and uh, Yona Yochengchek. Um, you know, I, I, I think after knocking out Weili the way she did, um, I think that Thug Rose is going to come in to put another another quick knockout or another nice submission um, uh, on Carla Esparza just to, just to top it off and, you know, really, really get it going. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can get Justin Gaethje and Rose uh, to bring the belts back to Colorado. Uh, after Saturday night, so I'm I'm super stoked. Absolutely, I'm right there with you. And yeah, I mean, to your point too, with the talent and the division and everything, because uh, Rose beat Zaley twice, didn't she? Like in a row. Um. Well, she fought. Let's see. I think she only fought Whaley. Well, no, yeah, because I think the first one was a decision, and then the second time she knocked her out. She knocked so, her out. So yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. She, she's fought Whaley twice. You're right. Even even among that higher tier of talent, she's beaten the higher tier talent twice, and it's like, I and mean, then the second time she like cemented it. You know what I mean? Like exactly. decision is one thing, but when you yeah. knock someone unconscious, like there's. There's no questioning that. There's no questioning that at all. At strawweight, too. I mean, you don't always see that at strawweight. 115 pounds. Like, that's that's a lot of power. And she knocked out Yolanda Yotentech to win the belt initially in Madison Square Garden. So Rose packs a lot of power in um, in that small frame of hers. But, man, she is she is elite. And, yeah, I, I think she's just getting better. Trevor Women is just the go of coaches. The fact that he's got Kamar Usman, champion, Justin Gaethje, uh, former light, uh, interim lightweight champion, and then hopefully after Saturday he'll be the current lightweight champion. And then you have Rose, you know. Who, so yeah, Trevor Whitman, 
not enough gets said about Trevor Whitman and how good of a coach he is. Um, but yeah. that's the way Trevor Whitman also likes it. He he doesn't want any other credit. He puts it all back on his fighters because they're the ones that are in there. But yeah, they 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 would be in a different place without him and vice versa. So yeah, shout out to Trevor Whitman for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And then, so next fight here is another lightweight bout between Michael Chandler, 22 and seven versus Tony Ferguson, who is 25 and six. And Michael Chandler uh, is looking to compete for a title chance after losing his last two fights to the UFC 274 headliners, Gaethje and Oliveira. Uh, Oliveira. Um, and Tony Ferguson coming off losing three in a row, losing to Gaethje and Oliveira, as well as Benil Dariush most recently and hoping to reestablish himself uh, as a top lightweight. And I mean, you hate to see it for Tony because you got to love Tony. I mean, he's a little crazy sometimes, but we love him. And um, yeah, I mean, to see him lose three in a row, I mean, he really doesn't deserve to um, be out of the conversation, but the more he loses, you're like, dang, bro. And I don't know how many more fights he can lose before, um, I mean, I don't think they're going to like unroster him immediately, but like he's certainly not in uh, competition for a title. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tony is definitely getting up there in age, <clears throat> and I think the the biggest difference is the way he's been losing. In, yeah, you know, in the in the Benil Darius fight, <clears throat> if I'm being honest with you, I kind of thought Tony was going to fuck him up, but Tony was kind of underwhelming. Didn't really, you know, like look like himself in the, um, in the, let's see, he fought fucking Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, and Darius. So I think it was when he was fighting Oliveira. Oliveira, like, damn near broke his arm. Like, Oliveira, like, peeled his arm all the way back. And Tony didn't tap, which credit to Tony. And obviously, the Justin Gaethje fight was, just a thorough, thorough ass beating. Like just in case she didn't need to do that to Tony Ferguson, but yeah. didn't anyway. um, I'm I'm not sure what Tony Ferguson ever did to Justin, but Justin was he was he was like a man on a mission. He absolutely beat up Tony Ferguson. I feel really bad saying that because I love Tony so much, and he is such a legend in the sport. And everyone loves Tony. Like no one can watch Tony Ferguson fight and not like him but it's just one of those things that like is he past where he's supposed to be you know and I think if I'm being honest with you part of the reason why this fight was put together is because of the instant fireworks it makes Michael Chandler when he was in Bellator he was he was a really good fighter um he's exactly the same fighter as he was in Bellator um he's just more notoriety in the UFC. But uh, Michael Chandler was still known for knockouts and putting on these crazy finishes and crazy fights. His first two fights in the UFC puts on fireworks, dynamite shows. And, yeah, so you kind of... It's almost like the Justin Gaethje effect where you just match these guys up because you know it's going to be a good fight. And that's exactly what this is. Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, getting matched up... um, because it's going to be fireworks. But I'm not sure, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not sure how Tony gets out of this one. And I'm not saying that because of any other reason besides, I think Michael Chandler has a lot to handle in the first round. You know, that first round, Michael Chandler has a lot of power, 
and he's kind of shown in the later rounds that um, he kind of gets a little winded, gets a little tired. And, you know, nothing against him. It's just when you got all that muscle, it takes up a lot of oxygen. He uses a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, energy to carry that much muscle in a fight. And so I think that's kind of what kills him. But he's just so strong and powerful that first round. And Tony likes to kind of come out kind of slow. And Tony gets going around, like, the second, third round. So I'm hoping to see Tony come out nice and flowing. Um, I think Tony's going to want to try to get this to the ground to wear Chandler down a little bit. But, you know, if Chandler's able to keep him on his feet and not not get taken down, I really do see um, Chandler being able to put this one away. It's just a matter of how and when, in my opinion. But I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a banger of a fight. And I think it just goes to, goes to show that Dana White is not playing around when it comes to these matchups no more. Yeah, no, I agree. He is packing these cards, and uh, this is going to be another banger. Uh, I just hope for Tony's sake that he wins it because uh, you just, I mean, like you were saying, you just hate to see the dude lose. Uh, you like him, and well, it's natural to want to see him win, but Michael Chandler is a uh, hell of a competitor and it's going to be a heck of a fight. Um, so, and then a couple more fights here in the uh, main card, looking at really two legends that could be their very last fights uh, starting here with a light heavyweight bout um, between Mauricio Shogun Rua, who is 27, 12 and one versus, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this, Ovince St. Pro? Pro? No, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Ovince St. Pro. That's we call Pro? OSP. Yeah. OSP? Okay, okay. Uh, and he is 25-16. And, um, yeah, so Shogun, he, he could, uh, like a few people are thinking he's going to retire after this match. Could be his last one. Um, and it's actually a rematch between the two. Uh, but Prue won their last outing with a first round KO in 2014. I think I read it was like 36 seconds in. Um, so obviously Shogun hoping to go out with a win and maybe he doesn't go out if he gets a win. Um, but that definitely is going to be a good matchup either way. Yeah, it's going to be a banger for sure. And I think like what a lot of people don't know is Shogun is on a roll. Like Shogun really is I don't know his exact, like, win-loss the last few fights, but Shogun really is on a roll. Like, he's just – he really has defied, like, father time and just been winning, you know. And Shogun's one of my favorite fighters. He just truly is just, like, such a humble dude. And it's hard to root against Shogun. But OSP, also on the other side, one of my favorite guys, too. And OSP's, like – He's kind of crazy because of the way he's able to submit dudes in like the same, um, in the same fashion. O- OSP has a record for I think it's four or five von Flu chokes, and that's like a very, it's like a very niche submission that like randomly OSP just gets guys in and makes them tap out or makes them go to sleep, like because it really looks like a weird hug. Like if you're like laying down on somebody like your like arm is like almost above their throat and you're like hugging them. And so it like, it looks like a very basic dumb submission, but OSP lands it like repeatedly 
Um, but he's also got that power. And, you know, Shogun saw that firsthand by getting knocked out by the guy. So it's really hard to say which way I'm leaning in this fight. Um, I want to say Shogun because he is a legend of the sport. And I just love, I love Shogun. Like, there's just no way I can not respect that man. Um, you know, he's a former, uh, former champion himself. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love OSP. Um, none of these guys like deserve to fight each other because I love them both. And when I love two fighters, I wish they'd never fight. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm hoping that Shogun pulls out on this one and is able to get a little bit, a little bit of a revenge against OSP. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good way to go out too. If you can go out with a little bit of a sweet revenge on a, a past fight that you probably didn't uh, love the outcome of. Um, Not if you got knocked out in 30 seconds. Right, I, dude. I would be, I mean, one, if I'm being honest with you, if I got knocked out in 30 seconds by a guy, I'm probably not going to fight him again. But <laughs> true, true. If, uh, if, if that's the fight, then I, I guess that's the fucking fight. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, that just, I mean, this card is just stacked top to bottom. It really is. And this is just the main card. So you still have the prelims and the pre prelims and, I uh, I know that we don't usually get into all those because um, we just we wouldn't have the time. I I talk to you for hours about the pre prelims and the prelims. So yeah, but uh, yeah, this card is this card is stacked. This card is just unbelievably stacked. I'm so so excited for it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like you said, just the main card, and there's a ton more nice fights to get into. Um, and that's the beauty of the UFCs. It's like there's just in abundance especially recently like you were saying with uh dana packing these cards even the the prelims and the early prelims have some normie content you know what i mean like exciting fights for people who aren't necessarily like super deep into the um the smaller fighters but they're still good fights because just there's the talent for it you know Um, yeah absolutely uh and yeah he is just absolutely packing these cards lately and we love to see it um, and then, so for the last fight on that main card, uh, looking at another lightweight bout, uh, between two older guys, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who is 36 and 15, uh, versus Joe Lauzon, I think 2018 or 28 to 15. And, uh, yeah, this could potentially be Cowboy's last fight as well. Uh, coming in against another tenured fighter in Joe Lauzon, the two have somehow never fought each other before despite spending a combined 26 years in the UFC, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that they'd never fought before. Um, Cowboy, Cowboy's a legend. Cowboy is like forever. My favorite fighter. I always have a new favorite fighter every week to bang on uh, when you ask me, um, <laughs> but like Cowboy's forever. My favorite fighter. The very first UFC way. in I ever went to was the UFC Denver where um, it was actually Valentino Shevchenko and Juliana Pena that was the main event. But Cowboy fought Jorge Masvidal, that card, and um, unfortunately lost here in his hometown uh, at the Pepsi Center. Um, that's when it was still the Pepsi Center. That's how, like, that's how long ago that was. But, um, yeah, like, ever since I saw Cowboy, Cowboy always comes out with his grandma, you know what I mean? And, like there he's just such a fan favorite of the UFC it's going to be cuz i I'm, I'm pretty sure this is his last fight um i i don't think he's come out and said it but the way he's talked on instagram and the way he's talked in interviews and just the way his career has been going the last few years he's been winning one and losing one and losing two and then winning one um and you know he's just 
it's been at it for a long time, man. So, you know, eventually you got to get out of it. Cowboys been fighting since the WEC. So that was before the UFC bought the WEC um, and got all those fighters. So Cowboy was a oh, part wow. of that. Um, yeah. Um, that's when the UFC got their lighter weight classes was when they bought the WEC. So the, the, and when they bought the WEC, they got Anthony Pettis and all these other guys too, um, you know, to come over. Um, like, I mean, Uriah Faber was a part of that. Um, just so many Dominic Cruz, like just Jose Aldo, like literally the legends of the sport came from some of that, those WEC days and Cowboys yeah. have been fighting since back then. And, you know, so is Joe Lozon. No disrespect to Joe Lozon either. He's not no punk. He's not going to just lie down and let Cowboy, you know, take his retirement fight off of him. Um, somehow I hope this ends in like a draw so they can both just like retire and be good and no one, because I like Joe Lozon too. Um, it's just Joe Lozon's last few fights have been, you know, kind of one-sided. Um, haven't really been the, the most interesting fights to watch, but still, you know, still respect to the guy for getting in there and yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a good fight for both of them because they're both in the right time of their career for this type of fight to happen. You know, this isn't like some super young guy that's going to go out and kill one of them in 20 seconds. They'll probably go to a decision. It'll probably be a war. And, you know, my fingers are crossed that Cowboy uh, Cowboy pulls it off because, man, I would love nothing more to see Cowboy because now Cowboy's a dad. He's got two kids now. You know, I'd love nothing more to see Cowboy and his grandma right off uh, into the sunset with, you know, his wife and his kids with him and get back to the BMF ranch, um, you know, and just get back to doing cool shit. You know, he's working on acting and all kinds of other stuff. So yeah, whatever, whatever Cowboy wants to do after his UFC career, I wish him the best. Cause I've loved watching him every single second, every single time Cowboy has been able to fight. And like, you go back and watch some of these Cowboy highlights, like, there's just no no one does it like cowboy. I'll tell you that. Nobody nobody does it like cowboy. I'm gonna miss him yeah. for sure. So yeah, and you know, even though I'm relatively new to the UFC fandom, like even in the last couple of years, he's had some fun fights and looking back at some of his older fights and he's fought uh, you know, a whole who's who. Um and didn't always come out on top, but like you said, he nobody does it like him and he's unique and memorable. Um, and, and one of the legends of the UFC for sure. So uh, very much looking forward to that. And so that does it for the main card. And then I, I wanted to ask you, Enrique, if there was any uh, of the prelim or early prelim cards, uh, card fights that you are really looking forward to that you want to share. Um, let's see. I mean, you know, we got Randy Brown and Chaos Williams. That's going to be on the prelim. I think that's going to be the featured prelim, so that should be the last fight before the pay-per-view. Um, Randy Brown, Chaos Williams, both just, you know, very up-and-coming, talented guys. Um, Chaos Williams is a big knockout artist. Um, and then Randy Brown has a little bit of that same thing, um, you know, but what the, the big thing about Randy Brown is that he's been tra uh, trending upwards um his last few fights and you know he just got done beating jaron gordon um uh, you know he has a win over alex cowboy Oliveira, which is a different Oliveira. um he lost to vicente luque which is unfortunate um but he really has been on the up and up for a little while and chaos williams on the other hand although he's on the up and up as well i think he just lost his last fight um which kind of sucks um but yeah i mean both of those guys are 
you know, hungry young guys that are looking to establish themselves in the weight class. And that those those fights always, even if the people might not know who Randy Brown and Chaos Williams are, when you have stakes at the, you know, at the table like that, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to try to put on a, a big show. And then even more so for a stacked card um, right at the beginning of spring, you know, this is like prime time uh, fighting time, you know, and. So, yeah, I, I assume that Chaos and uh, Randy Brown are going to go out and leave it all in the in the octagon, just like everybody else is. But that's that's the big one for me um, in regards to, like, a prelim fight that I'm looking forward to. But everybody should always watch all the fights all the time. You should always watch six hours of fights like I do because that's, that's the best way to enjoy them. It really is. You just can't get enough of them. Well, at least I can. So... I totally agree with you. Yeah. And there's, I mean, that's the thing that I really have liked about the UFC is there's like levels to it and levels to like, um, kind of what's like interesting about it because at first, you know, it's cool to, uh, on the surface, you look at like some of those more, uh, storyline, like almost reality TV esque things. When you look at like Conor McGregor, uh, or like Nate Diaz and stuff, um, and you know, like the, there's that level of enjoyment and then you move deeper into the technicality of the fights and things like that. And you start to get attached to these fighters, like we're talking about, and you start to look at some of those up and coming guys that are on these prelims and early prelims. So I totally agree with you. There's, it's really cool, especially, uh, over time to see how these guys grow from being early fighters uh, in their first fights to the, uh, when they, you know, rise up the ranks and compete for a championship. Um, yeah, that's it. Love the UFC been super cool. Um, and I got to thank you for introducing me to the sport and, um, yeah, I love talking about it with you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's about going to do us for today. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the mile high flight show and we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys.